How's everybody doing? Good. Good. Let me uh, let me just get set up here. It's a little bit too tall for a guy my size. I had to push it down a little bit. Um, as uh, Mark mentioned, my name is Chuck. Can I move this, uh, Noah? Thank you. Um, as Mark, or yeah, as Mark mentioned, my name is Chuck. And uh, I do get the privilege of uh, being one of the pastors at City Light. And um, guys, I, I just want to let you know, I love following Jesus with you guys. It's a privilege to serve Jesus with you all. And uh, I love watching what's going on here in Southwest Iowa. And just to let you know, I'm still celebrating what went on here on Easter Sunday, huh? I mean, amen what happened on that day. Uh, God, did, God did some really cool stuff. It was awesome to be a part of and to, to hear about, and it wasn't too long that this church, City Light Church, was a, a dream in the heart of a pastor and a few, few friends of his, and you guys stepped out and you said, you know what, we're going to be different, let's do this, and you stepped out together and took a step of faith and a step of risk, and, uh, and you said, we, we want this church to be something different than what it was. So I just want to say kudos to you guys for doing that. Um, it reminds me of an experience that I had uh, when we uh, were part of the church, that, part of the people that planted the church in uh, Council Bluffs. Um, it was September, I think, 2015 that we, um, we stepped out and we had an interest meeting in our backyard and several people, like 40 people, showed up to that interest meeting. And since that time, September 2015, God kept adding more and more and more people to that group of people. We bought buildings, we um, sold buildings, we renovated buildings, we uh, prayed a ton. The first Wednesday of every month we'd get together and pray. We pray every Sunday, so there's lots of prayer that was going on. We preached over 150 sermons during that time. We baptized dozens of people. We've raised up um, like dozens and dozens of new leaders, and we planted two churches. So folks, that risk was worth it when we stepped out and wanted to plant City Light Council Bluffs. God is on the move, and we get to be a part of it. God is writing an incredible story. And we get a front row seat to watch it all unfold. It's a joy that God includes us in on his plan, isn't it? Um, we so much love being a part of what he's doing. And I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you today, he's still doing stuff, right? He's still working in this town here of Emerson, Iowa. I mean, you guys reached out and you had an Easter egg hunt. It was a lighted Easter egg hunt that had dozens and dozens of kids, tons of adults came, and you reached a lot of people for the glory of God. Not only that, but you're baptizing lots of people. Hearts are being drawn closer to him, and God is not done yet. Amen? Amen. His work is amazing. Um, another thing, I'm super excited that Tracy uh, is stepping on as the pastoral uh, resident here at uh, City Light Southwest Iowa. Um, you know, it's, you know God's doing something when he takes a, a dude and his wife, and uh, they get this opportunity to leave a nice, 
secure, comfortable job. And they say, okay, Tracy, we want you to come do this. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of money, so we're just going to pay you a stipend. The guy gets excited about raising funds. And then he says, you know, I'm going to take on some responsibility uh, in a job that I've never, ever done before. Folks, you got to know that that's God moving, right? That is uncommon. And, um, you know, kudos to Tracy, but I think Jen deserves a Nobel Prize. <laughs> I mean, that gal, it was, uh, it's amazing that she did that. It wasn't too long ago that we, my family, just last year, we... Um, I did something very similar. I was in a nice, comfortable job that was secure, uh, working for waste management, uh, looking toward a promotion, and uh, City Light offered this opportunity to become one of the pastors. And um, so we, there were a lot of things the way. There was a lot of risk that we were considering taking on. Um, it was going to be a huge bump in raise, and um, City Light said, you know what, Chuck, similar to Tracy, uh, we've got this much money, and, um, you know, we need you to raise some funds to get you to the point where, you know, you can come on staff, and it's just one of those things. It was a, it was a huge ask and a huge risk to be able to do, but um, as Jen, as my Jen, my wife's name is also Jen, as she was wrestling with this decision, there were a lot of things at stake, and at that time, she didn't know if it was worth it. And I think that is a reality for all of us at times, isn't it? It's, um, it's hard to determine if the risk is worth it. And I think that what happens here is if we don't take that risk that we think God might be calling us into, then we're at danger, we're at risk of falling into disobedience for what God is actually calling us to do in our life. And so um, I think we could point back to the Word of God and we can see that it just doesn't go well for people when they say we're comfortable. When they say what we want is here. Uh, when they say things like we're not going to move because we like what we have right now. One of the things that, take, that made that step, made, um, one of the things that, that helped us take that step a little bit easier, made that step a little bit more reachable, was we loved the vision and mission of City Light Church. Over the years, as we um, walked through life together, Jen and I, we would read the first two chapters of the book of Acts, and we would see this incredible, dynamic um, church that was multiplying disciples. People were coming to know Christ, and in our hearts, over the years, we were like, we want to be a part of something like that. We want to be a part of a church that multiplies disciples and churches. And as I can say that since we um, came on, since City Light like, became a part of our lives, we've seen that dream unfold before our very eyes. Jesus is multiplying disciples and churches, and we're just so glad to be a part of it. Now, how do we do that? As we look at the... Um, Bible in Acts chapter 2, we see how that happened. And that's what I want us to see here this morning. This first ever church plant, they saw that happening in front of their eyes. They saw something new and fresh that was taking place in front of them. And uh, I want us to see here this morning that Jesus changed the lives of the people in this first church as they gathered and scattered. Okay, keep that in mind. Jesus 
changed the lives of the people in this first church as they gathered and scattered. So let's open our Bibles again and look at uh, Acts chapter 2. We're going to read verses 42 um, again, all right? It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You see verse number 46, it says, and day by day, attending the temple together. We talk a lot about gathering and scattering. And I want us to see it this morning here in the word of God. And verse 46 tells us that day by day, they attended the temple together. These people were serious about getting together. And so are we. We gather together on Sundays to celebrate what Jesus is doing in our life. This is a time when we want people to find a Savior to believe in. We want them to find a family to belong to. And we hope that they find a cause to live for. So we gather together as a big family like we are today, right? We gather together in this way and we we worship Jesus. We watch baptisms happen. We receive communion and we encourage one another in the faith that God has given us. Now, this time of gathering, this time of gathering like we're doing this morning, it's similar to what happened a couple weeks ago when most of us got together with our families for Easter, right? If Easter wasn't that day, maybe it was, um, you know, Memorial Day that's coming up or some other holidays. Think about your family and how they gather together like a big family reunion. Maybe you have a family reunion that happens annually. You're going to go to this summer. Think of this gathering kind of like that family reunion. You get to see people that you just don't get to see every day. You catch up on what's going on in each other's life. Um, You celebrate engagements. You talk about the new marriages that, that, that have happened. If there's a baby, you celebrate and you cuddle that little baby, right? That's what families do when they get together on a large scale. Um, It's a time of enjoying one another and hanging out, but you know that eventually that time's going to end, right? That time's going to go away and you got to go back to normal life. Um, Are you tracking with me? You guys out there? All right. Um, So we see that this first church, they gathered together, but they also scattered, okay? So they gathered in the temple, but they also scattered. Look in verse number 46. It says, and day by day, attending the temple, that's the gathering, and breaking bread in their what? Homes. Breaking bread in their homes. Um, This first church, they scattered and they did life together. They gathered together as a big family, but they scattered throughout the week in these smaller groups of people. They knew one another. 
They ate with one another. They took care of one another. It's kind of like some families do after they get together for that Easter or that holiday celebration. Eventually, everyone has to leave grandma's house and they have to go back to work on Monday. That's what we do. They gather together as a family and they scatter. So we gather together on Sundays like a family reunion, but then we scatter throughout the week um, into what we call city groups. A city group is a small to mid-sized group of people, and they, they gather together, um, they grow in the gospel, they study the Bible, um, they do all of these things to encourage one another's faith in Christ on a more, um, a more personal level, okay? That's what a city group does. But not only that, they're also on mission to a specific group of people, maybe a, a network or a neighborhood of people. They're on mission, so they encourage one another in their faith, but they're also on mission. And um, these smaller groups, they're small enough to encourage one another in their faith, but they're also large enough to try to make an impact in whatever community they're involved in. Okay? Does that make sense? Amen. All right. Now, here's what I want us, want us to see today. This matters, all right? Jesus changes lives Amen. as the church gathers and scatters this isn't just a vision right right jesus actually changes lives as the church gathers and as it scatters so first of all let's look at how jesus changes lives as the church gathers all right our scripture for today it comes right on the heels um, of an incredible sermon that peter preached uh, about who jesus is um, after Peter preached, this big group of people, they, um, they were talking about who Jesus was. And um, it deeply affected them at the heart level. And what they heard, it changed them at their core. Let's look at verse number 37 of Acts chapter 2. It says, Now, when they heard, that, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, when these people ask this question, What shall we do? What they're really saying is, Peter, we've changed our mind about who Jesus is. What we heard mattered. We've changed our mind about who this man Jesus is. And when a dead man comes back to life, people tend to change their mind about who he is, don't they? I mean, they've heard this message, but then this Jesus raises from the dead. And so when Peter preaches this message about Jesus Christ and him raising from the dead, they change their mind about who Jesus is, and it changed them at their core level. Um, they didn't get um, they couldn't get enough of Jesus. They wanted to learn about what Jesus meant, about what this what happened. That's what they did as they gathered. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the gospel, and it radically changed their lives. Amen. This happened in the church um, in this first church two thousand years ago, and it's happening today, folks. Let me tell you about the story about my friend Ray. Um, Ray is this uh, big dude. He's about six foot four, 
um, just a mountain of a man, played football, and uh, he, um, he, he came to our church gathering for Easter. So on Easter Sunday in Council Bluffs, we had two gatherings at our location there on Railroad Highway just across from Kmart. But then we thought we would have two more gatherings over at the uh, a a local high school on the west end of Council Bluffs called Thomas Jefferson. So we, we organized two gatherings to, uh, to take place there. And this big dude named Ray comes rolling in. Now, Ray, when he first came in, you know me, if you know me, you know I'm somewhat excitable, and uh, I, I love talking to people. Well, I go to shake Ray's hand, and Ray kind of does this number, you know, just kind of does that, and uh, he's kind of standoffish, not super open at all. Big man, so I didn't say anything to him. I mean, he's the type of guy that, you know, if you get in a fight, you want him on your side, right? And so... Um, uh, so I, you know, he went and sat down, and that Sunday, um, Sarah, she led our worship team. She sang about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. She sang about the resurrection, how he came out of that grave. I got up to preach, and I was able to preach about who Jesus is and what Jesus did, and the fact that God loves us in spite of who we are. He doesn't need us to clean up our lives and say, okay, I'm here now. He doesn't need us to, uh, you know, to, to say everything's okay. He, he looks at us, at us in the midst of our sin, and he says, I love you even in the midst of your sin. I sent Jesus Christ to die for you, even though you're a sinner, and I want you to come to me. That's the message that we were able to preach that day, and it was so much fun. Afterwards, Ray comes up, and like, I don't know if you've seen this happen before. He's got his hand back here now. You know, he's like ready to shake my hand, and he grabs my hand and pulls me into him in this big mountain of a man. You know, I'm kind of sitting there like this because he's, you know, he's hugging me so much. And, uh, and he looked at me with a big smile from ear to ear, and he said, Chuck, thanks for that message. He saw Jesus differently. It was changing him. Um, Tyler Mass, who he takes care of our um, IW, Iowa Western College Ministry, he had lunch with him that day, and uh, all he could talk about was the good news that Jesus saved sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Later that week, I was able to get Ray's contact info, and we set up a meeting at Village Inn. And um, the question that Ray kept asking was, what do I do now? He heard the gospel preached, and it moved him. He heard the good news that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection, and it mattered to him. Ray changed his mind about who Jesus is, and all of a sudden, the good news meant something to him. Folks, Ray is now gathering with us on Sundays. But you know what? He's also scattering with us throughout the week. Last Thursday, Ray came to my city group for the first time. And, and he, even, he even participated in discussion. Jesus changes lives when we gather together. It matters. Jesus is doing it. But Jesus also changes lives as we scatter. Look at what the Bible says happened to these people in this new church, as this new church plant scattered. Look in verse number 45. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. You see what happened? 
Jesus changed lives. These people were marked by radical generosity. They're generous with their time together. They attended temple together. They saw each other daily. They were generous with their food. They eat together. They remember Jesus together. They're generous with their friendships, folks. They were devoted to one another. They were patient with one another. They grew with one another. And so I want you to see here that when people sometimes think of generosity, generosity isn't always about finances. Sometimes it is, but generosity Generosity shaped these people in so many more ways. It's more than just about money. It's about our sharing our lives together. Christians in this first ever church plant, they were deeply affected by who Jesus was. There wasn't this decision of, do I chase hard after Jesus or do I take care of these people around me? No, it was more like, I'm going to chase hard after, after Jesus while I take care of these people around me. That's what they did. That's who they were. This reminds me of my friends, uh, Mike and Julie. Mike and Julie are part of a city group. Noah Yost, his mom and dad are here today. And uh, they're part of, a, they, they help lead a city group called River's Edge over on the west end of Council Bluffs. And Mike and Julie are part of that city group. Well, before they became part of that city group, they had, had attended our church for quite a long time, and they weren't part of any city group. Well, we decided we had moved to the, um, to the west end of Council Bluffs last August, and in September, we wanted to start a city group in our home. And when we got that word out, Mike and Julie were some of the first people to say, hey, I'm in. I don't know what I'm in for, but I'm in. So they started coming to our house for city group, and as we began to talk about what a city group is, we, we see city groups as a, uh, as a way to uh, live out the mission and vision of the church. So you guys are in the next few weeks are going to be getting into some of the core values of down, up, in, and out. And we want our city groups to reflect that. And so we were talking about out, which is, which is mission. And as we were talking about out, Julie, she started to get a little nervous. And in the middle of the conversation, we were talking about what it means to serve our neighbors and friends. And I brought up examples like, hey, let's just talk to them. You know, let's ask them over for dinner, maybe go out to eat with our friends and our neighbors and these types of things. And uh, Julie, in the middle of that discussion, she blurted out, folks, I just got to let you know that this talk of reaching out to people just scares me to death. And as I looked up, you know, legitimate fear was in her eyes. She had some legitimate fear about reaching out to people and uh, taking that extra step. But over the next six months or so, our city group, we began to come together, right? We began to be on mission. We ate together, went and saw movies together. We passed out candy at these things that were organized by schools in the, uh, in the neighborhood called Trunk or Treats. Our city group would participate in Trunk or Treats and pass out candy to kids. We exchanged gifts at Christmas time. We packed shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child. Mike and Julie, they became radically generous. And, but not only generous with their time, they became generous with their friendships. That city group grew, 
And eventually, we had to um, multiply out. We had to take some people out of that house because it was just too small for the amount of people that were coming. We had to multiply that city group somewhere. And guess who volunteered their home to, to, be a, to start that city group? Yeah, Mike and Julie did. But you know what? It gets better. The story gets better. Um, just the other day, Mike and Julie, they were on a walk. And um, as they were on this walk, they saw somebody in need that was um, needed to find, needed to get back to their car when were unable. I don't know all of the details, but they were unable to get back to their car. So Mike and Julie did what they had to do to help this lady out. It was a, a woman, and so they did what they had to do to help this lady and shared their name, conversed with her, um, just very friendly and outgoing. So they helped that lady. That lady goes home that night, and she posts on social media. Hey, this couple named Mike and Julie Starner, she tagged them in the, in the post, helped me today in a real tangible way and served me to help me get back to my car. Well, a mutual friend of theirs, of Mike and Julie's and this lady, her name is Ramanda McDaniel. Ramanda saw that post, got a hold of that lady and said, hey, let me tell you a little bit more. We meet every Monday night and hang out as a family, as a city group. How would you like to come be a part of the city group? Yeah, guess what happened? Last Monday, this lady was at their city group in the living room, all because God's grace for sure. But in, Mike and Julie initiate, initiated some contact with this lady and helped a lady that was in need. Folks, we can't orchestrate stuff like that. God moves. This couple was terrified at the thought of talking to someone about Jesus, but Jesus is changing their hearts. City Light, Jesus changed lives as these people in Acts chapter 2 gathered and scattered. They were changed because they were marked by radical generosity, but they were also marked by another thing. They were marked by gladness. Look with me again. Look in verse 46. Breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Now, I want you to look at that verse. There's a phrase in verse 46. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. You know what that word glad means? It means exceeding joy. Uh, something as basic and routine as receiving food was done with exceeding joy. A joy for me has always been something that's like, like you know it when you see it, but it's kind of hard to put your finger on. So I actually had to go look up a definition on Google to find out what joy, what was the book definition of joy. And this is what I found. I think it's a great definition. Joy is the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. I kind of like that definition. Delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Isn't that what Jesus is? Jesus is exceptionally good and satisfying. He's better than that junk that you've had stored up in your storage shed for the last three years. 
He's better than that relationship that you've poured your life into only to find out that someone's been unfaithful. He's better than that job that you loved and only to get laid off. He's better than that food that we go to only to find out that it makes us overweight and unhealthy. Jesus doesn't fall apart or leave you. He doesn't fire you or leave you hungry. He satisfies. He's faithful. He gives us purpose and he fills us up. Jesus is exceptionally good and he is why we have joy. Folks, Jesus changes lives and he changes lives when the church gathers and when the church scatters. Now look in verse number 47. I want to show you one more thing. It says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You see what happened as the church gathered and scattered? Multiplication happened. Multiplication took place. As the church gathered and scattered, disciples were multiplied. Now, in the early part of the uh, second century, there was a Caesar in Rome, his name, uh, emperor in Rome, his name was Caesar Hadrian. And uh, so this is a time that's about, about 100 years or so um, later than this action and this story that we're seeing here in the book of Acts. So about a hundred years later from this event here in Acts, a guy named Caesar Hadrian is noticing these people that's called Christians, and he's a little bit suspect of them because he doesn't know quite sure where their loyalties lie. And in Rome at that time, people, uh, the emperor, if you weren't loyal to the emperor of Rome, um, you weren't of much use to him. And so he uh, hired this guy named Aristides. Aristides was one of his servants, and he said, I want you to go check out this group of Christians because I'm not sure if they're quite loyal to me, and I want to know what they're up to. So go investigate what's going on there and report back to me. So Aristides, he did his investigation, and I want you to see what he reported back to the emperor of Rome. This is what he said. They love one another. And he who has gives to him who has not without boasting. And when they see a stranger, they take him into their homes and rejoice over him as a very brother. And if there is among them any that are poor and needy, and if they have no spare food, they fast for two or three days in order to supply to the needy their lack of food. Such, O king, is their manner of life. And truly, this is a new people. There is something divine in the midst of them. City Light, as the church gathers and scatters, Jesus changes lives. He changes lives in the first ever church plant here almost 2,000 years ago, and he's doing it all throughout our region. So to wrap this up, I've got some questions for you, all right? Has Jesus changed you? Has Jesus gripped you like he did these people in Acts chapter 2? 
Has he captivated you with this uncommon love? And has he transformed your life? Has Jesus made a difference in you? How do you think differently about Jesus than what you did a year ago? Those are some hard questions that I want you to wrestle with. Now, you might say, I know Jesus, but I don't know him like that. I want you to know that you can know Jesus like that. Jesus wants to change your heart. He wants to make you generous. He wants to make you glad. He wants you to experience the joy of knowing that he is all satisfying. He added to the this first ever church by saving people and he wants to add to this church by saving you city light now i hope your heart this morning is like the heart of my friend ray what must i do here's what you can do this morning if you want jesus to change your heart it's as easy as abc A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that what Christ did on the cross, he did for you. And then C, commit your life to following him. Folks, that's that's as easy as ABC. I don't care whether you've followed Christ for 10 minutes or whether you've been following Christ for 50 years. We all need to admit that we're sinners. We all need to believe that what Christ did on the cross, he did for us. And we all need to commit to following him in ways that we may not be following him in our lives now. It's as easy as A, B, C. Um, So you can express that to God right now where you sit. Um, If you've been following Christ for a long time, can I remind you that Jesus changes lives when his church gathers and scatters. What's your next step? Is your next step to commit your life to Christ, maybe for the first time? Or maybe your next step is to jump into a city group. If that's your next step, be Jason, myself, Tracy, check out any of us. We'll point you in the right direction. Because Jesus changes lives when we gather and scatter as a church. All right? Let's pray. Oh, God, thank you, Father, for your grace in our life. Thank you, Father, that you change lives as your church gathers. God, we want to see the the stories of Ray Sanchez over and over and over again. Father, we want to see the lives change like Mike and Julie over and over and over again. So, God, we pray that you would do that work. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in... um, southwest iowa even today and god we just ask for more we come to you as a dependent child on his daddy and we ask you to change the lives of those around us change our lives help us father to pursue you yeah father we love you we ask these things in